As you know, over the last few weeks, we've been looking at our church vision together. We've been taking some time at the, the beginning of this year just to encourage ourselves in what we're all a part of within this church. And we've said over the last three weeks in particular that within our vision, we have three key words that highlight key biblical values that are at the heart of our church. And these, these words are very simple. Uh, the words reach, renew, and release. Easy to understand. But these words are important to us as a church family because they prioritize. There's nothing special about the words in themselves. But these three key words prioritize and identify for us key biblical truths that we really do want to be at the heart of our church life and at the heart of our lives as individuals. Over the last three Sundays, we've looked at the first two words, reach and renew. And in a nutshell, we've said that we firstly want our lives to reach towards one another. We want our lives to reach out to each other in friendship and in fellowship. We want not just to be a friendly church with happy faces, but we want to be a church of friends, a church that have a covenant relationship with, it, with each other in Christ Jesus. So we want our lives to reach out to each other in friendship and fellowship, but also we want our lives to reach into the world in which we live every day. So that's the two aspects of that word reach that we want to fulfill that are priorities within the Bible as we, as we see it. We want to use our lives to reach out towards one another. We don't want to just be church attenders. We want to be church members of this body that we're a part of. Um, so we want to see that in operation within our lives. Our lives reaching towards one another in relationship, but also our lives reaching out into the world in which we're in, the world in which we're a part of every, every day. And then last week we looked at the word renew and how this works out within our vision. And we said that we want to give all of our lives to our new life in Christ Jesus every day in the here and now. We don't just have to wait till we get to heaven, till we see Christ's new life at work within our lives. We get to live this wonderful life of Christ every day. In, in, we, we have so many different opportunities and circumstances where we can see the power of this new life, this life of Christ at work within our lives, being a blessing and, and you know, being who he's called us to be in this present world. I think it was John the Apostle in one of his epistles that says, says as Christ is, so are we in this world. That's an amazing statement. It really is. As Christ is now, presently, in heaven, in his resurrected power, 
So our lives are to be in this world. We want to live this new life. We really do every single day of our lives. We don't have to wait till we get to heaven in the sweet by and by. It's right now where we can see this, the power of this new life at work within us. So that's the heart behind those two words, the word reach and the word renew. And we've looked at that. If you, if you didn't, uh, if you weren't in the services and, and you didn't hear those messages, you can check them out online just, just so that you understand and, and know really what's at the core of, of our church and be blessed by those in your own time. Now, this morning, we're going to be looking at the third key word within our vision, and that's the word release. And this word release within our vision is all about being a blessing. Releasing our lives to be servant-hearted. How many want to be a blessing? Amen. You want to use your life to be a blessing. None of us want to be a pain in the neck, do we? Now, now sometimes we are a pain in the neck, right? And uh, that, that's, hey, it happens, right? But we want our lives to be a blessing. We have been blessed by God to be a blessing to other people around us. And we want to release our lives. The greatest way that we can be a blessing is to release our lives to be servant-hearted. And there is, and I know you'll agree, agree with what I'm about to say, there is no greater example of a life released to serve others than the life of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. There is no greater person to look at. You can, you, there's many writers in the New Testament that, that we can receive from, but they received everything that they wrote from Jesus as he served them. There is no greater person than Jesus. He is our ultimate example as a servant. When you read about Jesus in the Gospels, you see that he never missed an opportunity to serve other people. He never, he never ignored people. He never walked by a need. He never, he never disregarded the call of any person for help. He stepped in to need. He stepped in to, to people's circumstances that were bigger than him. And he used his life to serve and be a blessing. To help those that needed him. And that's the heart that we want to have. And that's why this word release is within our vision, because we want to be like our Lord and Savior, Jesus. We want to express our lives in a releasing way to serve others and to be a blessing. Jesus said these words in Mark chapter 10, verse 45. And really, he was underscoring the reason why he came right at the outset of his ministry and all the way through, right to the end. 
He said this. This was the identifying mark of Christ's life. Mark chapter 10, verse 45. He says this. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. I don't think I've ever heard that said by any other individual that I've known or by any other of the great personalities down throughout history. It's a very simple statement, unique to our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. The Son of Man did not come to be served. Think about those words, precious, wonderful words that reveal the character and the nature of our Lord Jesus. I did not come to be served. I came to serve and to give my life as a ransom. You read through the Gospels, and that's what he did. Every single moment when opportunity or need arose, he didn't leave the task to somebody else. He jumped on in there right into the depths of human need, and he, he served everyone with his life. And it's humbling to see that. And it's certainly, it's certainly something that you want to focus your life towards, to release like he did in service to others. Just after Jesus had said these words in Mark chapter 10, in the same chapter, he was passing through Jericho. And there was a big crowd around him, a big entourage of people. Jesus was the man of the moment that everybody wanted to be with. And as they moved through Jericho, as they came out of that city, there was a needy man start, sat by the side of the road in the dust and the dirt that nobody had noticed. And he started to cry out, Son of David, have mercy on me. His name was Blind Bartimaeus, we have all read the story about this man. And, and the, the big crowd in front of Jesus was passing by. And this man was an annoyance to them. This man was an interruption. This man was not important. This man was somebody just to, to, to put at the back of the queue and ignore. They told him to be quiet. They rebuked him, the Bible says, sternly, warning him, be quiet. The master, Jesus, hasn't got time for people like you. That was the attitude. And it, let's be honest, let's not condemn them. It's easy to, to, to adopt an attitude like that, a cold-hearted attitude with no compassion. You, 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 you're blind, you're dirty, you're a beggar. You don't belong in this in crowd. And you know what Bartimaeus did? He shouted all the louder. <laughs> he knew that what those people, those ignorant people were saying was not true of this wonderful son of David, Messiah that had come. He knew. He started to shout all the louder. And the Bible says Jesus stopped. 
Jesus stopped. I think there's something in that that really identifies what, the, what is at the heart of a servant-hearted person. They stop. They stop. When there's a need, they don't walk by. When there's a need, they don't ignore it. They seize the opportunity and they stop. And Jesus, you know the story Jesus called the man. And his words are amazing and really shows us the heart and the level of service that Jesus, listen, the level of service that Jesus was willing to give to this blind beggar that everybody thought was a piece of rubbish to be left by the side of the road. Jesus said this to Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? That's the level of service that God in the flesh was willing to give this man who was at the lowest point of his life. What a wonderful, wonderful way, an exciting way to live, to go out into life with. What do you want me to do for you? Can I, how can I help you? This is the heart that God wants all of us to have. And because Jesus stopped that day, blind Bartimaeus received his sight. It's amazing what God will do through the life that's released in service to others. We can't heal anybody. We can't restore somebody's sight. But I'll tell you, if you stop in a situation, in a crisis, in, in, in uh, a predicament that's far, far bigger than you, it's amazing what God will do through you. That man, that man was healed. And he received his sight. John the Apostle, many years after walking with Jesus, wrote on reflection these words about Jesus when he thought back of those three years that he spent with him. In John chapter 1, on reflection, the apostle said this, we beheld his glory. We beheld the glory of the only begotten Son of God. What was that glory? What was the glory that John was talking about? Well, that glory was in the words that Jesus fulfilled and spoke about himself in Mark chapter 10. The Son of Man has not come to be served, but to serve. He served the people that he met. And John said, this life of service, this life that he gives away to others is glorious. It heals the sick. It delivers the deranged. It sets the prisoner free. It heals. It makes whole. It raises. It even raises the dead. That was the glory of Jesus. It wasn't some halo on his head. It wasn't some bright light shining from heaven. It was a man 
who didn't stand out from the crowd physically, but who walked down the street and went into people's lives and wherever he found need, he met it with his life. And that's the example, the wonderful example he has set for all, for all of us. I remember on one occasion, just being in, in Newport Center, and uh, it was one evening, and I was speaking to a man about Jesus and just telling him about his love for him. And the man asked me, he said, what church do you go to? I said, well, I go to the, the King's Church. And immediately, his facial features changed. Oh, I'd never go to a church like that, he said. I thought, wow, okay. So I was interested. I said, sir, sir why, why wouldn't you go to the King's Church? He said, oh, that church, he said, it's full of a bunch of do-gooders. He said, full of do-gooders. He said, I wouldn't want to be in a church full of do-gooders. Well, I had to plead guilty as charged. I said to the man, oh, sir. You are so right. The church that I go to is full of do-gooders. It really is. From the front to the back, every single one of them are do-gooders. I, I, I admit, sir, I belong to a family of do-gooders, and I am so glad that I share the company with people that love Jesus and do Good. Doing good, doing good is, a, is an attribute of a servant heart. And when I and Faye and others look around this family, you're a bunch of do-gooders. You really are. You are a bunch of do-gooders. And it's a characteristic of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Acts 10, 38 says this, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around, listen, doing good. Can we say that together? Doing good. Hallelujah. Anointed to do good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. You and I are born again. And one of the richest qualities of being born again is that we have power to do good by the Holy Spirit who lives in us to other people. Amen. 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 It's amazing, really, when you think about how Jesus transforms our lives. Um, you look in the book of Acts and you see that, you know, the first time that followers of Jesus were ever called Christians, the first time it's mentioned is in the book of Acts, in Acts 11.26. And what's really interesting is that this term wasn't a term used by the church themselves to describe themselves. 
It wasn't. It was actually for people who were outside of faith that looked in at the church and it became a nickname that they gave to followers and believers, believers in Jesus. The term Christian was a nickname and it meant little anointed ones, little Christs. And I think that is so encouraging. What a wonderful label to be given by the outside as people see how much our lives are changed and transformed that we actually no longer look like we did, but we represent Jesus. The Bible says we're his ambassadors. And when people see our lives transformed and how we change the way we are, they can't help but look at us and say, little Christ little anointed ones and like Dave said Jesus said that he's not come to be served but to serve and it said that Jesus went around everywhere doing good to all and that is what a, be a beautiful mantle for each one of us now as believers to take up and say that's how and what is going to characterize our lives our lives are no longer characterized by the thinking of, how can you serve me? That's the culture in which we live in, isn't it? And if we're honest, that's probably what our thinking was prior to us knowing Jesus. How can people meet my needs? How can people help me get along? How can people move me forward? How can people serve me? But in fact, as we become followers of Jesus, everything changes. His kingdom is an upside-down kingdom to the kingdoms of, kingdoms of this world. And now, all of a sudden, it's not, how can people serve me? It's all about, how can I serve you? How can I serve you? Which is so powerful. Do you know what? I was speaking with Alison today. Alison, I know you're in the middle of writing notes. She's amazing, Alison. Why don't we welcome her as she comes up on stage? Alison is incredible. She's like our church scribe. She actually writes down the notes of our sermon every week and she hands us the notes, don't you? Oh, there we go. I tell you, this girl is awesome. Anyway, I have the privilege of speaking to Alison so often before our services and after the service. And she is such an encouragement to our church family. And she said to me, Faye, listen to what happened to me this week. And she shared what had happened this week. And I said to her, I said, Alison, that is exactly what Dave and I are preaching about today. And I went and shared with Dave and he said, see if Alison will share what she shared with you to the church. So Alison, do you want to let us know what happened to you this week? <clears throat> well, last Saturday, um, I was in town in the Continental, my friends, and um, the police came looking for us. I'm like, oh God, what's happened now, you know? everything like that and um um he turned around to us and he said um do you know Stephen Miles we were like yeah 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 we know Stephen well they turned around to us and I, they said um well I don't want to panic you or anything here they said but um he had a he's had a phone bus station and plus a seizure I'm the only one that stepped up and said, well, I'll go and see if he's all right. 
the rest didn't want to bother. Well, on Tuesday, I went to go and see if he was all right and try not to cry here, actually. And he told me that I was a hero because I'm the one who only stood up and um, went to see if he was all right. Well, on Saturday, I went to go and see Richard's mum and Richard, and he said I'm a hero as well. So, Amen. Isn't that wonderful? I was so encouraged when she shared that. There she was with her friends, and a person she knew had taken a tumble and fall, and none of them wanted to go and see if he was okay. But Alison did. And that's the heart of Jesus in our lives. That's like the Good Samaritan. I'll go and see. She said, I'll go and see if he's okay. And not only that, she then went to visit him at home. The only person that went to visit him at his home afterwards to see if he was okay. That is the servant heart of Christ working through our lives in various ways. Alison, thank you for sharing that with our congregation because you're an encouragement to see how that works out daily. You know, when you look at the society that we live in, our country is founded on, on the Christian principles. And you look and see how progressive our society is in comparison to other nations in the world where Jesus hasn't been the foundation and the building block of countries. And you see how Christians have been pivotal in transformation in our societies. You think of William Wilberforce with the abolition of slavery. Do you know our hospital and hospice care was set up by Christians? Our social services were set up by Christians. If you have a look, you'll see how it's Jesus working in us, giving us his heart, which is a heart of compassion for other people. It's his heart that then moves us and stirs us to meet the needs of others. We've been in our connect group recently and watching um, through the book of Romans. And I was so caught taken back the other week when I heard that in, in Rome at that time, um, you know, there weren't, there was not a lot of great things that would happen. It was kind of a superpower of that time. But if people, there weren't a lot of rights for children. And if, if families had sick children, children or ch children they could no longer care for, they would just throw them out onto the rubbish heap for them to die. And do you know it was actually Christians that would go and they would collect those children and bring them up as their own. <laughs> and I think... think a lot like I know how much it is to bring up my own child but to take a child that's not yours you have no obligation for and say do you know what I'm gonna take them and I'm gonna love on them and I'm gonna help them and I'm gonna do everything I can to see their life flourish and prosper because they understood the value of a human life I think, Lord, thank you that this is, this is what I'm a part of. Thank you for the privilege of 
being being able to invite you into my heart and for you to take all of the areas of my life and to melt them and transform them to look like Jesus' heart for us. Jesus never came to display his glory in palaces, to say, look at me, here I am high up on a hill, look at the glorious things that I've got, look at my palace. He could have done all of that. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He could have done all of that, but he didn't. He chose to use his life to serve others. And we have that privilege every day. Every day we're placed in with people. How can we serve them? How can we help them? How can we help dispense and diffuse the fragrance of Jesus to the people in which we are meeting? Sometimes those needs are really practical and we think, right, I can do that. Like Jesus said, if you give a person a cup of water in my name, you're doing it as unto me. You're glorifying him. I love when I read Peter, other examples of how we can use our lives to serve others. In 1 Peter 4.10, Peter says this, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Think about that scripture. Each of you. That means that God doesn't have a select few people that he gives gifts to. Every one of us have been given a gift by God. Nobody is excluded. Regardless of what people may have told you, regardless of the home situation you may have been brought up in, regardless of what your teachers may have said, you have great purpose and meaning to God, each one of us do, so much so that he has personally given each one of us a gift. And the thing about this gift is, it's not something that we deserve, and it's not something that we've earned. So we, we've got nothing to do with it. This is just a really good God saying, I am going to be lavish and give my children gifts because that's the kind of God that he is. He gives us all gifts. And Peter says that we should use whatever gift that we have received to serve others. There's a purpose in this gift. Do you notice it doesn't say these gifts are given to make us look good? It doesn't say that the gifts are given for other people to give us praise and and notability. It doesn't say that God gives us gifts so that we end up looking good. But actually, what does it say? It says we are giving um, whatever gift you have received to serve others. God gives us gifts not for us, but to serve others. Why? Because later on in the scripture, it says it's a way in a form of showing people God's grace. The gifts that God gives us is his tangible way to humanity to show them, to show people that are outside of Christ how much God loves them. It's that he went about doing good. He gives us gifts so that we can serve others and show them practically God's grace and operation. 
that we can say to people, the reason why I'm doing this is because this is what Jesus has done for me and I just want to help you. It's God's tangible love operating through us to make a difference in the lives of others, to serve them. How beautiful is that? And in doing that, the grace of God is displayed to humanity and glory can be given to him. Not glory to ourselves, glory to him. We get to point people to Jesus. And I think that is so exciting. So the question really is, well, if we've been given a gift, what is it? And that sometimes is where the voyage of discovery is. What is the gift that God's given me? Because the Bible clearly says that he's given us a gift. And the gift he's given us doesn't necessarily mean it's the career that we have. You may have a career, and that's great, but the gift may be linked to your career, but it may not be. What is that gift? And to be honest, it is a voyage of discovery for us all to find. But some great things to think about is what makes you tick? What do you love doing? What makes you, what are you good at? Often those things can be an indication of the gift that God has given you. Pablo Picasso said, the meaning of life is to find your gift and the purpose of life is to give it away. To find your gift and to give it away. He was mirroring the Bible, whether he knew it or not. That is what we are doing as Christians, finding what our gift is and using it then to serve others, give it away to be a blessing to others. What is it that you love to do? Do you find that you've got a heart that just wants to care and help? That could be an indication of what your gift is. Do you like looking after people? Making sure they've got everything they need. When somebody comes in your home or in our church home, do you like to take them under your wing? Make sure they're attended to. Maybe you've got a gift of hospitality and that is something you just love to do. Maybe you love making people feel welcome or you love meeting and talking to people. Maybe you're more practical. Maybe you like showing people your care through practical ways, helping them fix something that's broken. <laughs> we've had lots of help with things like that and we've <laughs> over the years, but having a practical mind that says, I can help you with that. Maybe it's cooking for them. Maybe it's doing something practical. Maybe you're an organizer. You love organizing, you love planning, you can analyze things, and that's the way your mind thinks. Maybe your gift is in relation to those things, or maybe God's given you great wisdom and understanding to be able to help encourage people as they're working through things. God's list of gifts is expansive in our lives because his expression is so wide. And for us as believers, it's about asking him, Lord, what's my gift? What is it that you want me to do? How can I be a blessing? We can see needs and practically jump in and do it. But is there a specific gift that I can really use and nurture to be a blessing, to serve others and to bring glory to him? And I'd encourage you, don't look at other people and think, oh, I wish they had, I had their gift and think that your gift is insignificant or inferior. It's not. 
Because God is a gift giver and he actually says every good and perfect gift comes from him. God doesn't give duds. So the gift that you have may look different to somebody else's, but it's, no, it's not insignificant in comparison. No, your gift needs to be released and have confidence to release that gift. There's no perfect time. Don't think, oh, I've got to have all my ducks in a row before I can do something. No, just step out and do it. Step out and do it. And as you just say, God, I'm going to do good. I'm going to serve people. You'll see that God will bless you and that gift may grow then and strengthen even more. It's a bit like the parable of the talents, isn't it? Don't have your gift and hide it away because it feels insignificant. No, take that gift and begin to use it. And as you begin to use it, God begins to expand and begins to do big things. I love that there's a scripture in Proverbs and it says this to encourage us with our lives. It says the world of the generous gets larger and larger. But the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others will be abundantly blessed. And those who help others will be helped. So be encouraged to be a blessing to others, to, to meet their needs as you see them, but also to say, Lord, what is that gift that I can cultivate to be a blessing to help? And as we reach out, the amazing thing is we don't get depleted. We actually get blessed in return. Amen. You know, just like Faith said, it is so encouraging to see gifts released in so many different ways. It, it's exciting. And um, I was just looking at Mike Hooper here, who sits on the front every week. Such a blessing. And um, do you know, I remember, I remember the day when I met Mike for the first time. It was outside of our office buildings on this street. And um, to be honest with you, I was going out on a delivery and I was in a bit of a rush. Uh, I had to get to an appointment. I was running behind time. And I saw Mike for the first time and he was looking at the side of the Jesus Cares van, reading the words, Jesus Cares. In my mind... I'm thinking, oh, um, it's interesting that this gentleman is looking at the side of the van, but I need to go somewhere quickly. But do you know what? I felt in my, in my heart, I need to reach out to this man and just, just ask him if he was okay. Well, from that, a conversation started with Mike. And uh, we just started talking about Jesus. The next thing, Alex... Our, our warehouse manager, you all know Alex and Chichi, who, who uh, manages Jesus Cares in the warehouse, does a fantastic job. Alex comes out, and then the three of us are talking together on Lower Dock Street, and just, we, we're all excited, and, and we, we, at the end of the conversation, Mike is, is like all in to serve in Jesus Cares, and he has been releasing his heart of service into Jesus Cares every week since we've got him, we've got him his own office, right? And um, we, I call him the CEO of the King's Church. And Mike, haven't we had wonderful times together? 
couldn't nine be... Five and a half years. Nine, nine and a half years. Do you know, Mike came to me recently, a few weeks ago, so excited. We were talking about our vision, and he's like a little kid, excited inside. He said, Dave, I've got an idea where, where I can serve. I said, what is it, Mike? He said, well, he said, I've got an extensive background in phoning people, and, and it was part of my, my vocation, my career, for, for many years. And he said, when you talked about that lady uh, calling people and encouraging them, he said, I thought, well, maybe I can do that on behalf of the King's Church. I said, Mike, that is a fantastic idea. I would love you to do that. So on the way home, I'm talking to Faye. And Faye says to me, um, or actually when we got home, she said, um, she said, Dave, she said, I've had an idea about about." People just using their time to phone people. Um, yeah, no, I hadn't said anything to her. Using their time to phone people just to encourage them. And I was thinking about Mike. She said, we've got, she said, we've got a, a, a chap that's been reaching out. He doesn't come to church yet, but he just needs a call from somebody. And Mike Hooper would be, would be a, a brilliant guy. Just thought he might be, what do you think? I said, Faye, you're not going to believe this. Mike came to me this morning and said, and said he, he, he wants to just be available just to use the phone, use part of his time in Jesus Cares to phone people. So now we know why he's the CEO of the King's Church and why he's got his own office. And you, you never know, Mike one day might be giving you a call to encourage you along the way. But isn't it exciting? Yeah. That, I believe things like that are not coincidental. I believe it's just the Holy Spirit gently joining the dots without any big deal. And then we just sit back and think, my God, this has got to be, this has got to be the Holy Spirit doing, doing this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Mike has said that to me repeatedly. He was not supposed, on that day, he was not supposed to come down uh, Lower Dock Street from, the, from this top end. He was supposed to come from the bottom end. That's the way that he was directed, but God had other plans. And he's been here nine and a half years. Yeah. Hallelujah. Listen to what? Yeah, come on, let's give praise to God. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. Listen to what Paul says about the church, about Christ's body, about what we're all a part of. Ephesians 2.20 through to verse 22, Paul says this, God is building a home. He's using us all irrespective of how we got here in what he's building. He used the apostles and prophets for the foundation. Now he's using you. 
fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone, with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. We see it taking shape day after day, a holy temple built by God. All of us built into it, a temple in which God is quite at home. That's the story of Mike's life being built into this church. That's the story of your lives. That's the story of our lives. And it's, it, like Faye said, it is just such a wonderful privilege just to be a part of this wonderful home that God is building. Amen. Do you know each week we have like 200 people over and in various different ways over the course of the weeks actually um, serving in our church home through Jesus Cares, through the teams and, and that we've got practically. And it is so encouraging as pastors to be able to see how your lives are being released to help build this church home. I'm going to ask Rob to come up and share. He's been in the church for a while and he's got a great story of his involvement coming into the church. And just when he comes up, I just want to say, you know, sometimes we look and we think, I don't know what I can do. I can remember when I led the crash for a number of years. I would go in and, and say, hey, would you like to be involved in crash? And people would say, I couldn't do it. I can't do that. I said, well, why don't you come along and have a try? And if it doesn't work out for you, that's okay. We'll find somewhere else. Do you know, as people stepped up and said, I'll do it, I cannot tell you the countless numbers of people where they came to me and said, oh my gosh, Faye, I absolutely love it in crash. I love what I'm doing. I never thought I could ever do it. I never thought I'd be able to do it, but I am. So I'd encourage you to really find some place within the church to get involved. And Rob's going to share his story about that and how you're involved in, aren't you, Rob? I'm going to stand Morning, up. guys. Um, let me just say this first thing. I've got a, a birth family, my brothers, my sisters, but you guys are my second family. Mm. Um, when I, I'll tell you exactly, the first time I came here, um, I was a little bit apprehensive to come in, but the first person who greeted me was Lynn, Lynn Bowen. Mm. And um, she asked me, you know, what I was doing coming to church. And I was going over the bath in England, but something happened and it, I didn't like it. So anyway, I came in and I remember I sat right at the back on my own. And then this other guy came in and sat by me. And on that particular morning, it was Pastor Ray. And just out of the blue, he's bopping up and down the stage with like an air guitar. So I looked at this guy. I said, excuse me. I said, am I in Kings? <laughs> and he said, yeah, what's up? I said, oh, nothing. Because when I was over in Bath, it was so solemn. Everything was to do with Jesus, with God, with everything. None of this. And then I said, oh, okay. And then as I was going out, I was spoken to again. How did you enjoy? I said, well, to be honest, it was different. <laughs> and, um, but I've been coming now sort of 14 years, 15 years, something like that. Um, and over the period of the years, um, I was just like a lot of you, came in, sat down, went home. And then a few years ago, I think it was Claire came to me and she said, Robert, would you like to come on the welcome team? I jumped at the chance. There's nothing better 
than greeting people coming into this church. I swear to you, I'm so blessed that I was chosen to do this. It's not a job. I absolutely love it. And I'm guessing about eight months ago, a lady came in. And um, as she was going, she said, thank you. For what? Um, I was coming in and I was really miserable this morning. But all you said to me was, you look lovely today, sweet. Because I call everybody sweetheart. <laughs> and um, I said, oh. She said, no, it really, really cheered me up. And I said, oh, okay. Because on the, on the team with me, I mean, I, I got on, she's brilliant. Owen, he comes out there and we have such a chat with people. I'm actually, believe it or not, I'm trying to learn Nigerian. Oh. I really, really am, because I've got really good friends. Um, and I, I've been invited to, um, I've got also a Magdalene, um, Elizabeth Thelma. I was actually invited to Landry's house on uh, He became a, a practitioner on Friday. And, of course, it's all different nationalities there. So not that I feel awkward or out of it. But I just want to sort of, like this morning, I was trying to say good morning. But then, to be quite honest, I don't know if that, re you know, goes to everybody from Africa. I don't know, so I didn't want to really say it in case I messed up. What, what, try but to say it. It, oh, I've forgotten now. I'm not, uh, oh, I know. Ayo Caro. That's it. That's it. That's it. And <laughs> um, what's the other one? A bag? I think, but I'm not sure. I, I don't, I'm learning anyway. Um, but again, I would encourage you all because I am so blessed that to be in this place, I mean, honestly, we've got the best pastors in the world. We really, really have. They are so, you can go to them with anything. You really can. And they'll sit and they'll talk to you. I mean, I'm, I'm, doing now a lot, which I love doing. I mean, we spoke about Mike. I mean, again, if I, if I got two minutes, I can tell. The first time I ever met Mike, he was shuffling out the church, going up by there, and I was going to my car. And I said, are you okay, young man? And I could see he was getting a little bit emotional. So we had a bit of a chat, and I said, can I give you a lift? No, 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 I'm going into town. I'm fine. Yeah. I said, okay. So the following week he came, and I said, where do you live, Mike? Ringland, I'll give you a lift. No, 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 I'll give you a lift, no problem. Anyway, in we goes, and he wanted to go to um, Tesco shopping again. Well, on that particular day, it was absolutely boiling. And I honestly thought, because he was going shopping there, he lived around the corner. So he said, thank you, your man, see you next week. I said, okay, I didn't even think twice about it. So the second week, it was pouring down with rain. So I said, oh, he only lives around the corner, but I'll still give him a lift. When I gave him a lift, he was about three miles away. And I thought, you're kidding me. So every week now, when, when Mike is here, I take him and take him shopping, and um, we have good chats. We have really good chats. But something, um, it's given me this thing in my heart that I just love helping people. It, it, it just, I mean, I mean, I'm sort of... I've sort of always done that type of thing, but now I really, really get enjoyment out of it. Wonderful. You know, and it's nothing. It's nothing. They offer me much. Sorry? I can tell your sensitivity, but it wasn't bright. 
I didn't know what he said. What did he say? He can tell your sensitivity by the way you drive. Oh, thanks, Mike. You're walking home today, Mike. <laughs> no worries. I'm only joking, Mike. I'm only joking. But, guys, honestly, once again, I'd encourage you all. Honestly, I've got a, I've got a beautiful second family. I really, really have. And I don't think there's one person who have ever spoken out to turn to me, or hopefully I haven't to them. Um, but keep coming in. And if you can, honestly, join one of the teams. It, it is fantastic. It makes me happy. I go home and I'm chuffed to beans that, like this. This didn't bother me coming up when Faye asked me last week. Yeah. No problem. I haven't thought about, you know, writing things down or whatever. Yeah. It just comes off the cuff, if I'm being honest. <laughs> but um, it's just a blessing that I've been invited to come up and, and just say a couple of words to you guys. So have a good morning, and we'll all have something to eat and a chat after. Okay? Thank you. All right, Dave. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? And... Um, do you know, what, what is so special is that, you know, nobody asked Rob to take Mike home or take Mike shopping. He's welcoming people in the church, releasing his life to serve others, just to greet and welcome us every week. And you see, that grows. As we, as we serve the Lord and release our lives. That that heart of of a servant grows within us, and it wants expression in other ways. And 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 I believe that that you know what Rob does for for uh, for Mike, and 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 how Mike is a blessing to Rob. That's that's just an expression of this servant heart, and and how it's grown within them and um, this morning we're gonna we're gonna bring it to a close right now really but um, this morning you may have heard you know what you've heard and been blessed by it and you, you're wondering how you can release your life as a servant in this place and every day as you walk out into the world in which you 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 live well do you know what there's plenty of opportunity in this house. We're not going to pressure you this morning. We're going to ask you to pray. Pray. Go home and um, just allow the Lord to speak to you. There's practical steps you can, you can, you can make. Take, take this home, this card. You, you may be sat on it at the moment. On the front of the card it says, do something great. I love that. You know, when we when we release our lives to serve others, when we go about doing good like Jesus did in, in the most simple and in the most basic ways, we always end up doing something great. We really do. But take this card home. Pray over it. And if there's something that you, that you think that you can, you can release your life into as you, as you read this card, then, then fill it in. And, you know, we, we, we can have a conversation. We can, we can start a conversation to not get any big, huge promise f from you and an undying commitment. Sign on the dotted line. None of that. Just give what you can. And we also know, I must say this, we also know that, that there are many people 
in our church that, that have incredible work schedules. They, they, week in, week out. They, they can't give the commitment that they, that they desire to give to the house of God because of the commitments that they have to maybe looking after family, working in the jobs that they, that they have. So that, that, that is, I don't want anybody to feel guilty or, or to feel pressured this morning because we understand, we certainly do. But what we all can do, even if we can't be involved to the extent that other people are involved in, even if, we, even if our extent, even if our service is smaller than another, we can all pray. That's how you can serve the church. You can pray for the church. You can pray for the family, the body. That's, that's one way that you, that you can serve. But, but if you think this morning, actually, I'd love to, to see what God, if they talked about the unique gifts that God has given us, I'd love to see what unique gift God has given me. And I'd love to, to use it in blessing others through this church and, and in my life. Well, we're here to help you. We're here to, to serve you. We are here to see that wonderful gift, that precious gift that's given from God, that's perfect, that is sent from above, to see it released. Fill in one of the cards. See the guys at the, at the welcome desk. And um, just start that conversation. Come up and chat. Chat with a friend. Chat with ourselves. And it may be a, a, a role. It may not be that you're jumping in to the deep end next week. It may take the next six months, but who cares? We're not going anywhere. It may take the next year. We don't mind how long the journey takes. Rob didn't jump in straight away. It was a process. It was a journey, and that is fine by us. We just want to, to, to give you the opportunity and say every single person who steps foot in this church is special, called by God. There must never, there must never be one above another. We must, we, we, we must always, the only one who is above everyone is our Lord and Savior Jesus. And we're here to serve Him. Is that okay? You've been blessed this morning. Let's, get, let's give our thanks to Jesus. The musicians are going to come. Pamela's going to lead us, and uh, then we're going to have some food. Who's excited for some food? We're going to have some food. We're going to turn this place around after we've uh, sung. But God bless you, and thank you for receiving that this morning. God bless you.